0: All right, so Jude Lesson 2, the theme of the book, if you were here the last couple weeks, is, what do you think goes in your blank? Contend, contend for the faith, okay? Now, contend means, or it's defined, it's in your handout, it says defined as to strive for, and last week I pointed out it's to give your all to, and it is to, you got two words there, two blanks. And the two words that go in those blanks is, it is to fight for. Now, um, in the New Testament, we are to keep God's word. And yet, last week I was comparing the keep and the contend, but they're still not quite the same. We are to keep God's word in our heart. We are to we see that in uh, the Philadelphian church in Revelation chapter 3 that they kept his word. They kept his word twice, it's mentioned. But in the book of Jude, it says we are to we are to contend. We are to contend for the faith, basically. It's a stronger meaning than the word keep, which goes in your third blank. And I was thinking about that this week, and I saw this YouTube video, and I don't know if you're like me. Anybody in here kind of flip through YouTube from time to time? You know, like, you know. When they're waiting on something or, or, you know, when they're just bored, they're flipping through. Well, I do from time to time. I have all those interesting facts and all that, you know, information that's so important I need to know. <laughs> and in this one clip I see this, this kangaroo and he's in this puddle of water and these two dogs are after him. And he's sitting there and the dogs are coming up to him and he's just, every once in a while, he just lets them have a jab, you know, just like a boxer. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, hey, that kangaroo is contending. <laughs> he's contending. And, and it's, it was funny because he's sitting there and the dogs come up there and they're all trying to get to him and every once in a while, like I said, he'd just pop this one and next thing you know, the dog would run back and I'm like, man, this, this kangaroo's got, got it going. But anyway, like a boxer, a boxing match, what are they called? Contenders. Okay, I hadn't thought about that. And I'm like, and this side, you know, we have a contender over here and this contender's over here. What what does contend mean? It It's a little stronger than keep. It's, it means to fight. And so think about this again, as we're going through reading the book of Jude, he's telling this group, you got to contend, you're going to have to fight. Now again, if you're talking to a group that's in the tribulation, what's your advice going to be to them? You're going to have to fight for what you believe. This is not going to be, you missed the rapture, dude. You are now in the tribulation and now it's going to be a fight. And it's going to be a fight to the end. Okay? You cannot give up and you cannot give in. Because if you do, you're toast your toast okay so contend has a stronger meaning than keep Uh, point number one there says who's the book written to so go ahead and turn it over in your bible to jude and we're just going to read the first couple verses because again uh, this book only has one chapter so you know it may take us a couple years to get no it won't take us that long but i uh I was in Randy's class a couple years ago when Randy had his brain tumor and he asked me if I'd fill in for his class and and he said, uh, he goes, I'll let you teach a book if you want to teach a book. And I said, okay, I think I'll teach the, the book Malachi. And he says, well, how long will you need to do that? And I knew he'd be chomping at the bit. He would not want to stay gone very long. I said, can I do four weeks? He goes, yes. How many of you have heard this story? He says, I'll give you four weeks to teach Malachi. So at the end of the class, he goes, I'm going to have Bob come up. Bob's going to come up, and, and he's going to tell you what he's going to start. He's going to teach a series on one of the books. And so I get up, and I said, yes, you know, Randy, you know, he needs some time off, so he's asked me to, to, to teach a book. So I'm going to start teaching the book on the book Isaiah. What? <laughs> and... Uh, Julie's sitting back there and she's like that would take five years and Randy goes you get four weeks I don't care what you teach on but you get four weeks Uh, so we're not going to drag Jude out that long now Isaiah would take and I I ran the math myself and I'm like yeah if he did a pretty decent job it might take five years to get through Isaiah but uh, I thought we'd do a, a quick book of Jude and yet Jude has so much packed in it. It will take a little time to unfold it. So who's the book written to? Let's look at verse 1. Jude, Jude the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. So let me just stop right there. So uh, last week or the week before that I even talked about who I believe the James is we got Jude, the brother of James. So if you want to know that, go back and look at that. Uh, I personally believe these are apostles. Now again, that's just what I believe. You can stand up and say, no, I believe it's Jesus' half-brother. Half-brothers, it's okay, but, but I personally believe it was, for what that's worth, which is not a whole lot, I believe it was the apostles, James and Jude. Okay, But who's the book written to? It's written to, It's written to the sanctified, it's written to the preserved, and it's written to the called. And so, the first thing on your handout, it says the sanctified. So what does that mean, those that are sanctified? They're set apart. They're set apart. Okay. They are set apart, and they are set apart by God the Father, first of all. Turn over to not only here it says God the Father, but turn over to First Timothy four five. I have got to get this clock fixed. I keep looking up there and we don't have a clock anymore, guys. First Timothy four five. I'm gonna have somebody read that when they get there. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Okay. So sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And then not only is it sanctified by God the Father, it's also sanctified by the Holy Spirit. We are. And that is in Romans fifteen sixteen. So turn over to Romans fifteen sixteen. "...that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost." So we have two verses that elude. number one, that we are sanctified, we are set apart by God the Father Himself. And then we have this one, but that we are also set apart by the Holy Spirit. But First Corinthians 1, 2... If you want to turn over there, tells us that we are also sanctified or set apart by Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 2 says, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified, what's it say? In Christ, In Christ Jesus. Okay. So here in Jude, it says that we are uh, sanctified by God the Father, and yet we see that it's way more than that. We are, we are set apart by all three uh, of, the, of the divine natures of who God is. Okay? We are set apart by God the Father, we are set apart by the Holy Spirit, and we are set apart by Jesus Christ. So the book is written to the set-apart. People, okay to people that are set apart okay and then it says that these people are preserved because and it says right after sanctified by God the Father it says and preserved in Jesus Christ those that are kept another word for preserved to be kept those that are kept in Jesus Christ okay uh, so when you ladies or men uh, do canning or you do some preserves, what do you do? You keep something, right? It's kept. The the, the word preserved, and let me tell you also, the word preserved, and we're going to look at the word called here in just a minute, have the same root word. In fact, in fact, preserved, called, and kept all have the same root word when you go back and look at them. And I'm not big on Greek words but I, I was studying that all out and I'm like that's interesting that they're all coming from the same word so we are also preserved in Jesus Christ how many of you are glad you are preserved in Jesus Christ amen hallelujah right 1st Thessalonians 5 23 so let's look at that verse And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to be preserved, but it's our part to be preserved blameless because that depends on what we're doing also. So that's our verse in First Thessalonians 5.23, but turn over to First 1 Peter 1, 1.5. First Peter 1 Peter 1:5 says who are kept same word as preserved who are kept by the power of God through faith to salvation ready to be re- revealed in the last time. And again we know that in D1 that God keeps our salvation, okay? We are preserved in Christ, okay? We are kept in Christ. And then, so it's not only written to the people that are set apart, it's not only written to the people that are preserved, it's written to the people that are called. And so the word called here means, or one of the definitions of called would be appointed. So the people that are called are appointed. Okay? So I have a couple of references for that also. The first one being Romans chapter 1. And verse 7. Romans 1.7 says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Okay, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The people that have accepted Jesus Christ are set apart they are preserved and they are called. Now, I know it's kind of hard for some of you to realize, you know, that you're a saint. Mark, does anybody call you a saint? No. Well, my wife doesn't call me a saint. I mean, maybe I should have her do that. From now on, call me Saint Bob. <laughs> How well do you think that Bob will go over? Say you're not Catholic. How well do you think that will go? But, you know, the Catholics think they have a market on saints. I got news for him. If you're saved, you're a saint. You don't have to go through a, 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 a test or a uh was the only one that could tell you if you were a saint or not. You know what, <laughs> Roger? Roger, I think you are what that Catholic priest called you years ago. was that name? A heretic. No, any different. Okay. A uh, heretic. Okay. So the called are 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 called saints. We are we are we are appointed. Okay, we are appointed. And then first Corinthians one two, let's look at that. First Corinthians one two says, and to the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in christ set apart called to be saints well that just nailed it if you didn't like the verse before with all that in every place call upon the name of jesus christ so again you talk about nailing it down that verse just did it we are sanct, set apart in christ we are called to be saints that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ. So when you call upon Christ Jesus as your Savior, you are now sanctified, preserved, and called—called called to be saints. So just get Mark. They need to get used to start calling us. I wonder in heaven if they'll call us Saint Mark and Saint Saint Bob. You know, it's like you go to churches today and they call you brother and sister, and I'm like, no, nah, nah, I'm okay with that. I mean, but at the same time, I don't go overboard with it, you know. But, hey, I don't know. So I, my wife says that I need to stick with my notes and not get off on living. That's what happens. Okay, so the book is written to this three groups of people. So when you nail all that down, who's it written to? Christians. Christians, or the book is written to two two blanks in your handout. What do you you think goes in there, guys? Who's the book written to? Um, Jewish Christians. Okay, you could put Jewish Christians. I I would just flat put saved people. The book is written to saved people. Okay. Now again, that doesn't always mean they're saved like we are. Okay. Alright, so that's who the book is written to. So let's go back to Jude and look at it a little bit more. And then we see that there is under point 2, that Roman numeral number 2, we see some, there is some affection given here in this passage. Because he says in verse 2, he says, Mercy unto you, and peace, and love, Be multiplied. Now, is that kind of sloppy slurpy? Again, I'm getting. Is is that kind of? I don't want to say syrupy. Is that kind of loving? What he says. Do you guys talk like that? Mercy unto you, peace and love be multiplied. I'm kind of being facetious here. That's very intimate. Intense. Yeah, okay. And, but I always tell people, may God bless you. Okay. And so that is your way of, of giving That's some affection on these people. Okay. And so he says, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Now I'm going somewhere with this, so just hang with me for a minute. I went back and I looked at Paul when he wrote in his letters... And most of the time, Paul writes uh, grace and peace to every church that he writes to. In fact, to every church he writes to, he starts off and he says, and grace and peace be to you. Okay? Here, Jude writes to this group of people and he says, mercy, peace, and love to you. Okay? Now, I will tell you this. Paul in three books, writes grace, mercy, and peace to the person that he writes it to. But it's not to the church. You'll find it in 1st and 2nd Timothy and you'll find it in, in Titus. So I'm thinking to myself, why does he write to the church and he says grace and peace peace, and then when he writes to a close personal friend in the ministry that worked underneath him, he writes grace, mercy, and peace. He adds the mercy in there. So I'm thinking as I read through this, it's a more personal touch. When, when he writes grace, mercy, and peace to Timothy and Titus, he's just giving them a little extra touch because they are personal to him. Not that the churches wasn't personal to him, but now we're dealing with somebody that ministered him in ministry, and he's just going a little bit farther. It's a hug. It's, it's like a hug, right? I like how you said that, Roger. Well, that's what Titus or not Titus, that's what Jude is writing to this group of people that he's writing to, and he gives them three three. Um, Three uh, types of affection, basically, what I'm going to say here. So it's telling me he's given them a personal touch, he's given them a hug. Okay, I like that, Roger. Okay, so there's some affection given in this verse, okay, in this book, I'm sorry. Number one, he starts off with mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is, it's on your handout there, it's kindness. Tenderness, compassion. It's not receiving what you really deserve. Right. And when I think of mercy, I think of it more as, as a quality of God than, it, uh, than I do of people because His mercy is endless. Okay? But yet at the same time, when, uh, uh, that should be a quality that we have also. We should have mercy. And so then He, he, he says peace. What does peace mean? Rest, okay? And then love. And then the Bible defines love as charity. And so when you add all these together, you're getting a very personal touch from Jude to these people. So let me just flat out tell you, he cares about these people to the highest degree, okay? It's just not a broad general statement that he's giving to a group somewhere. He's, he's writing to a group of people that he cares deeply about, okay? So, peace and love, it's on your handout, are listed in the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, and 23. And you don't see mercy in that list. In fact, go back, let's look at it. Go back to Galatians chapter 5. Now if I had my wife here, I would have her recite Galatians 5, 22 and 23 because I believe she I could... Mercy say kindness. It does. It does. That's what I was getting ready to get to. Galatians five twenty-two says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. So that's in our list. Okay. Joy... Peace, there's the second one. And like you said, Bobby, I don't see mercy in this list. But if mercy means kindness, tenderness, and compassion, well, uh, let's see what else would fit in that group. Um, gentleness, goodness, perhaps some joy and long-suffering all in there that would fit in with that word mercy. And forgiveness. Forgiveness. So, And we have to realize, we know that mercy is a character quality of God, right? How many of you believe that? All of us? Okay, we all believe that. And yet, the fruit of the Spirit, every one of these are characteristics of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so when we get the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we are taking on Christ's characteristics in our life, which is what we need to be doing. And yet, we have the word mercy here kind of tied in with this list. Even though it's not in our list here, it's still alluded to it. And it's probably, you know, if we broke it down, we'd probably find it there. But the point is, is that peace and love and mercy are all character qualities that God has. And this man Jude obviously had those qualities also cuz he's wanting to extend them to the people that he's writing to. So Jude loves the group of people that he's writing to and his writing reflects that. Okay. So again as we go through the book of Jude, we're going to I want you to realize who it's written to, who's writing it what the relationship they have is. And so when we go through this, like I said a week or two ago, we're going to start dealing with some issues that are very dear to the heart of Jude. And he's basically warning these people what to look out for and what they need to be doing. Okay? So I think I'm going to stop there today. We're going to back up to, to my homework thing here for just a little bit. I wanted to make sure I got through this part on the lesson. So as you go through this week, I'll give you another homework assignment. Just read the book of Jude two or three times. Read it with the the attitude that's okay, Jude writes this book to a group of people. He's giving them some instruction, but he is giving them an instruction because he loves them dearly and if they they will have to follow what he says if it's the group in the tribulation because if they do not they're going to, they're, they'll end up in destruction so he's trying to give them everything he can to give them the instruction that God wants them to have okay so in the tribulation we talked about earlier you're going to have to number one accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior okay we all know that it's not anything different than what we're doing here but what's some things that you are not supposed to do in the tribulation? Take the mark. Who said that? Okay. You're not to take the mark. Okay. Anything else? Spread the to the others. I'm shaking. Don't take the mark. No, that's a lot of it. Okay. Okay. So let's look at a few more things. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 13. And let's just look at it. Because I did throw that out last week, and I just wanted to look at it. Revelation thirteen, and let's read sixteen to eighteen. And it says, And he caused and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark. Okay, there's the mark. In their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, ooh, comma, or the name of the beast, comma, or the number of his name. So it's more than just a mark. And again, I don't understand this. If they're all tied together in one, one, one one uh, location or somehow they're connected but he says let me read that again verse 17 had that no man may buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name here is he here's wisdom let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and his number is what Six, six, six. six. Okay, so if it's a mark, what's the deal with the number? So there's something with the number too, right? Now, if if you've got a NIV today, it doesn't say 666. You know what it says? And I have one, so I know. I mean, not this one. I have one at home. (laughs) I can go across the hallway and get one, I think. It says 616. Okay, remind me. I'll bring one next week. I know. And somehow they got 616. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Okay, this is a side note. Okay, so, so if you have a friend that understands the Left Behind book, movie, series, whatever, and then you show them that, just see if that will rock their boat yeah eh, I'll find one yeah. you know. the they NIV may have corrected it the Holy Bible app. okay I'll look at it but yeah it's 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 six one six and it, it just even my wife saw that <laughs> Carrie saw that and she goes well we all know that's wrong <laughs> okay uh, revelation 14 and let's look at nine. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image... Oh, wait a minute. Now it has something to do with worshiping the beast. Uh, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand... The same shall drink of the wine or the wrath of God which is poured out with, without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. Not good, right? Not good. And we kind of see that when we're looking at Jude, when we're looking at some of the illustrations that he goes through. Okay, uh, And then look at verse 11. And the smoke of their torment... Ascended up forever and ever, and they that had no rest day and night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Again, all of it tied together. Okay, so then go over to fifteen two, chapter fifteen of Revelation verse two. And he says, And I saw as it were a sea of, them, of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having harps of God. Now you know who these people are? These are people that got the victory over that. These were the people that got their heads chopped, because they didn't take the mark, and they didn't take his name, they didn't worship the beast, but yet they got the victory. Okay, so, and it talks about his image, his mark, and the number of the name. Okay, now, now let's drop down to chapter 16 of verse 2. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image." Again, tied together. Worshipping the image and having the mark. And again, I'm just throwing all these out, verses that I've seen, what happens to them, and, and the judgment that they get is not good. Okay, And then Revelation 19, verse 20. And it says, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped His image, there's a lot more than just having the mark. Okay? Because when you take that mark, that's a sign of ownership that you belong to the Antichrist. And when you are that far into it, you're not only just taking the mark, now you're going to be worshipping Him. And so I wonder if the mark was a sign that, okay, these people do the worship, they do the other stuff. You know, the mark shows that they're going to be doing that stuff. It's all tied together somehow. So again, my point is, when when these people take the mark, they're going to be involved in the whole worship of the Antichrist, like I just said. Okay, and then verse 20 and verse 4. Chapter 20 and verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast. Now notice here it says they didn't worship the beast first. Every other place we've seen said they took the mark first. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Neither his image neither had received his mark upon their foreheads so not only are they do they have the mark they are worshiping the beast and they are worshiping the image so it is a package deal here and it also has to do with a number okay so we have an image a mark and a number okay so don't do anything with the antichrist okay and then, so how, how does somebody get right with God? Well, and I'm going over. Turn over, to, we're already in Revelation. Turn over to Revelation 12, 17. I'm going to give you the tribulation way of how you get saved right here. Revelation 12, 17 says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and he went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Here it is, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, so there's two things here. You keep the commandments of God, you're keeping the Old Testament law, and you have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So basically, in the tribulation, you have to accept Christ as your Savior and you have to keep the law. Okay? Okay, so you go, well, show me another spot. Okay. Look over to chapter 14 and verse 12. It says, 14 and verse 12 says, Here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that kept or keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now, can it get more clear? If you're in the tribulation and you want to be right, you cannot take the mark. You cannot worship the beast. You can't have anything to do with it. And you're going to have to accept Christ as your Savior and you're going to have to follow the law. Okay? And you go, wait a minute. Now you're telling me in the tribulation that you have to accept Christ as your Savior and you have to keep the law. You have to do something. And I'm... I'm not saying it, but the Bible says here that you have to, okay? What, what do you call it? What if you have somebody that's... And again, I'm just d- digging myself in a hole here. If, if somebody in the tribula- tribulation is in this mess and you go, well, wait a minute, now you're just saying it's faith plus works. And let me ask you this. What is not taking a mark? What would you consider that? A work. A work. Yes. Okay, we all know that, right? We all get that. But we got to get it in our brain that the people in the tribulation are going to be a little different than us. They're going to have to accept Christ, not take the mark, endure to the end. And I mean, it's not a slam dunk like you are now. So the reason I bring all this up is because if this book, which I believe it is, Geared towards the, the, the people in the tribulation, he's going to give them the instruction of what they need to have when we start looking through the rest of the book. And you're going to see the illustrations that they need to have to help them to make up their mind as well, they go we through that. Many well, let me put you it this. Really I don't know how many, we don't know, but we do know that there will be tribulation saints. And we can talk all about different aspects of that. There will be tribulation saints that don't take the mark. Now, how many again? It may not be a lot, again. But when we read through the book of Jude, re- let's read through that in the ba- with that in the back of our mind that he's writing to a group of Jewish Christians... And when we look at what He tells them, it would line up perfectly with what you would tell somebody in the trib. Okay. So, accepting Jesus as your Savior, I mean, we do it now because it's the age of grace and we, we can just receive salvation. So, in the tribulation, though, isn't it going to be more like you have to announce that you you know, I believe Jesus is Lord and Savior. I mean, because it's not, it's not going to be the same as during the age of grace, right? Right. So, so it's a combination of both, both Testaments. You're going to have to speak it. And you're going to have to live it. And you're going to have to help the Jews. You're gonna, and so I don't know what all that entails. All I know is those two passages. They keep the commandments of God, which is specifically Old Testament law, and the faith of Jesus. I'm like earning it you have to earn it then we don't have to earn it now. You, ha- it's, you have to it's it's you have to your actions have to prove what you believe. Work it. Okay. It. And so I'm so glad we don't have to do that, but my point I'm, as we go through this, we need to realize how hard it is for someone to make it through this and it's so much better for us to get the word out now than then. If we get too complacent and we go, oh, well, they miss it, you know, they'll have that. No, we need to get the word out now because time is short. So let's go ahead and stop there. Uh, we'll continue on with the book of Jude next week. We'll, we'll get into a little bit more detail, but I want you to realize that every time when you read through the book of Jude, you'll start seeing why he brings out the illustrations that he does because I, let me, I'll just th- let the cat out of the bag. Every illustration in the book of Jude is Old Testament. Everything. Everything. Every illustration is Old Testament. And you're like, okay, so what are they trying to tell us? We'll look at it. So, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the depth of Your Word, Lord. And I just pray as we go through the book of Jude that You'll help pull out what You want us to know, uh, what we can use, what we can uh, put in our life, Lord, that we could help us to realize you know, what we need to be doing now and 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 how we need to propagate the the gospel now lord before before the rapture before all this starts taking event uh, place lord so we pray for that and i again i pray for open doors and i pray lord that you would just bring people to us and ask us how they can come to know christ as their savior lord i pray that you would uh, give us people like that give us the words to say help us to be uh, good preachers of your son and so we pray for a great week this week Uh, thank you for the weather we're having i just pray for a good service the rest of the day and lord just bring us back uh, next week in christ's name amen